born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, this is Karen Schoen. You are listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. GoFLCA.org, that is the website. You will find a wealth of information. Our focus is education. And sadly, I've been listening this weekend to many of the people that have been interviewed. And the parents are all saying the same thing. My child is graduating and can't read and write. I was with a group of people. I went to the post office and the woman that was ahead of me said to the clerk, my son won't come to this post office anymore and pick up mail for me. And the clerk said, why? And she said, because when you ask him to sign his name, he doesn't know how. That was bad enough. But I said to the woman, and what are you doing about it? And she said, I said, do you know how to sign your name in cursive writing? And she said, yes. And I said, why don't you teach your son? And she said, I didn't know I could do that. That was the worst that I have heard in a long time. Parents, you have to gain control back over your children. Grandparents, what is wrong with you? Our children can't read, write, do math. They can't do cursive writing. They can't sign their name. And yet they're graduating. What are they going to graduate into? What type of business? And like I always say, our country is being run by affirmative action graduates. And if you think that's a good thing, I got another planet that you can go and live on because it is a program that is built on lies and that's all they're doing. And they are their goal is total control of all of us. They want to control everything and they lie constantly and we don't have the knowledge. Our young people don't have the knowledge to be able to pinpoint and say, that's a lie. That's a lie. Well, one of the biggest lies I saw this week was the economy. More jobs have been added than ever before. Well, of course, of course they have been. We had a pandemic and you're bringing gazillions of people in over our border and they are taking our jobs. What kind of an economy is that? How is how are these illegals going to add to the economy when it's costing us money to house them, feed them, educate them, and make sure they're healthy. Then, of course, the corporations can go out and pay less money because they're doing it off of our backs. Well, folks, when it comes to things like the economy and other good things that are happening with the lies in America today, I like to refer to my expert friend, Alex Newman, who has done incredible research 
and has fabulous websites, folks. Liberty Sentinel, you, that is a must use. So Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I would like your take on this economy. What are we facing? Well, thank you very much for having me, Karen. It's an honor and a pleasure to be back with you. I really appreciate it. And as far as the economy goes, uh, the economy is on the verge of a cataclysm. It's already in the toilet. Uh, they're, they're lying to us on every front. Uh, the inflation is still out of control, and they're they're massaging the numbers. If in fact, if you just use the methodology that they used to use back in the '80s, it's at least twice what uh, the government is telling us. The Bureau of Labor Statistics is notorious for lying, um, and the same is true across the board, right? Yes, they're able to keep stock prices pumped up right now because of their manipulations through the Federal Reserve, but uh, we are on the verge, I believe, of an incredible economic crisis, maybe unprecedented in the history of the United States of America. Um, and, and I don't say that to scare people. I say that because I, I would like people to prepare. I would like people to have the facts. You know, one of the huge tsunamis headed toward us right now that very few in the so-called mainstream are talking about is the global shift away from the U.S. dollar. Um, you know, If and when that happens, and I suspect it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Uh, the consequences for Americans will be absolutely catastrophic. We're also facing, I believe, an implosion of several uh, bubbles, maybe everything bubbles, right? We've got the housing bubble. We've got the commercial real estate bubble. We've got the stock bubble. We've got uh, bubbles all over the economy. And uh, when those implode, it's going to be a significant amount of pain. And you take all that together and you combine it with the other crises that the World Economic Forum and friends are, are either concocting or already unleashing on us. We've got the food crisis, the, the water crisis, the geopolitical crisis. Uh, they're, they're readying us for what they call the poly, poly crisis, which, um, you know, when you just the energy and the economic crisis combined are going to be catastrophic when you add in these other things. We are talking about uh, earth-shattering, life-changing, nation-destroying consequences. And, um, you know, they're, they're still trying to massage the numbers and make you think that everything is quite all right. Bidenomics is working just fine. This is much bigger than Biden, of course. I don't want to sound like I'm just blaming Biden. The guy's a puppet, and he probably doesn't even know what day of the week it is. But uh, we are in some very, very serious trouble, Karen. I couldn't agree with you more. And every time I go and I read something about the economy, I think my head is going to explode. And folks, what do you think is going to happen when food becomes an issue and there isn't any on shelves and all of those millions of people who have come in over our borders who could care less about America. They're here to rape us. They don't care um, about our country. What do you think is going to happen to our cities, to our people when there's not enough food? Go back and take a look at history and see what happened in countries when there was a famine. What did the people do? If we think that rioting was an issue now, oh my gosh, holy moly, what was going to be facing us as these people have no food either. So they have brought in what? 10, 20, 30 million people who have no allegiance to America. What's going to happen, Alex? Well, um, I, I think what these evildoers are hoping will happen is a civil war. Um, I do believe they are right now in the process of trying to orchestrate a civil war. They're turning Americans against each other. They're uh, inflaming divisions. They're inflaming 
hatred. Uh, they've got our border wide open. And we know what's coming across the border, right? We, we've got special forces from the People's Liberation of China coming across that border. Um, uh, with the, we've got uh, communist terrorists from Venezuela and Cuba. We've got intelligence agents from numerous hostile foreign powers. Uh, the, the reason they're leaving the border open is not because they're some sort of humanitarians. They're leaving the border open to make the civil war all the more uh, confusing and deadly. So uh, I suspect that's what they're going for. Now, will they get their way? I don't know. Uh, time will tell. I hope not, certainly. But uh, they are certainly trying to stir up a civil war in this country. They're doing it very, very deliberately, very, very strategically. And um, we need to, as Americans, um, try to diffuse this situation. And, you know, step one needs to be you got to close the border. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're shipping uh, military-aged men from the border all across the United States. We've all seen the videos, right? There, there's no women. There's no children. Uh, in what universe does a military-aged man leave his wife, his daughters, his sisters, his mother, his grandmother, his aunts to go to another country because he is facing some sort of problem, whether it be economic problem or or war or persecution or something like that? It's just it's unthinkable, right? And and no man would leave their wives and their daughters behind unless they were coming there for some other nefarious purpose. So um, we have got to get the situation under control. And I think starting with spreading awareness uh, is just absolutely critical. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And as you were talking, I'm thinking of this. If you're coming to America and you're leaving your family behind in China, well, guess what? The CCP has now made you into their slave. Because if you don't want to do what they tell you to do, they have your family as hostage. So this is also part of the plan. And we have to be smarter than, uh, than they think and not feed into it. Um, I was getting a lot of emails the other day um, and the past couple of weeks and MAGA this and MAGA that. And, Ma and my answer, and I send it back to every single one of these groups and I say, what's a MAGA? Do you know I have not gotten one answer? Not one single answer of one person that said this is what it is because they have no clue. All they're doing is repeating talking points that they have heard. And what are we going to do? How are we going to educate? Alex, you did a wonderful movie um, talking about what we're going to be facing uh, as they are trying to starve us to death. So could you explain and tell everybody about No Farmers, No Food? Because it was fabulous. Well, thank you, uh, Karen. And so we are facing an engineered food crisis. I mean, we, we know that they are doing this. Uh, they've been working on it for a long time. In fact, I've been covering this story for over 10 years. Um, it's been very blatant. And it looks a little bit different in each country because they've needed different excuses to do it. So in South Africa, uh, you had the president saying, bring me my machine gun. We're going to kill the boar. The boar means, of course, farmer. Uh, and it's also a, an, an ethnic group and an identifiable people group. Uh, the descendants of the Dutch that kind of live in the interior of uh, South Africa, Southern Africa. Um, in Brazil, they were claiming that they were going to give all this land back to the Indians. Uh, total hoax. Uh, I actually called the chief of the Indians who were supposed to get this land back. They said, that's not our land. We don't want that land. The government's just using us as, as a prop. Um, and they were actually dismantling whole villages. They were sending in troops uh, dressed in U.N. costumes to order these little poor farmers to dismantle their houses and their shacks loaded onto trucks. 
Um, then I saw what was happening, of course, in the United States. This was around the time of the Bundy Ranch, where they were the Bundy Ranch, of course, was the last cattle ranching family out of over 50 in that region in Nevada. All the others have been bought out, shut down, et cetera. Um, you saw it happening in China. They, it, you know, there they didn't even need an excuse. They just said, "Look, get off the land, uh, or we'll shoot you." And uh, by the way, we built you some nice uh, apartments in the city. So uh, go enjoy your new little cubicle and enjoy your new little tiny home. And um, then you see what they're doing in Europe right now, in Holland, in Germany, in Poland, in France. Um, this is an engineered war on farmers and ranchers. It's an engineered war on our food producers. Um, and they're doing it for for several strategic reasons. One, they want a food crisis, and they're going to blame it on climate change. Watch. Uh, just mark my words. Within uh, the next few years, you're going to see massive, massive amounts of hunger on the world. And they're going to say, oh, it's because climate change is making farming so difficult. No, it's because the government's making farming so difficult. Okay? They're doing it on purpose. And so um, they they recognize that crises are useful tools for them. And so... Uh, this has been a plan of the UN and of the World Economic Forum for a very long time. It's coming at us like a freight train. And um, people ought to be taking prudent precautionary steps, because if you're not careful here, you're going to get caught on the wrong side of this. Oh, boy, are we ever. And I don't know if people remember if you've been following this as I have and Alex has. But about four or five years ago, Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the WEF, that's the World Economic Forum, um, had a group of globalist stakeholders and they decided that there was no need to fight. Uh, that they were on track to control the human race by the year 2030, hence the 2030 plan. And part of that master plan was to infiltrate the cabinets and recruit celebrities and influencers to promote their message. And they have been doing this on a terrifically stealth way of messaging. They don't have to pick up arms and go in and have a civil war. All they have to do is have a few of the people placed in the right departments uh, destroy America, which they're doing a wonderful job following Cloward and Piven, which was overload the system and you will destroy everything. And that's what we're facing right now. But then they infiltrated using Hollywood and the media and that reinforces the CRT and the SEL message that they're learning in school. Wouldn't you think, Alex? Yeah, there, there's no question about it. All, all of this propaganda that's uh, being imposed on children in school is part of this revolution. Uh, they're dividing people up into multiple categories, with the two broad categories being oppressor and oppressed. And um, you know there there are multiple purposes for this, but I think the the key one to understand is the revolution. They want a revolution to tear down the old systems, the old morality, the old culture, uh, the old institutions, very much including the nuclear family, uh, very much including our constitutional uh, governing institutions. And um, we've seen this movie before. <laughs> we, we've seen this exact thing play out over and over and over again around the world. Throughout human history, uh, we saw it in China, we saw it in the Soviet Union, we saw it in Cuba, um, and so they are preparing children for this revolution, um, very much the same way that Mao prepared children in China for the Cultural Revolution. They're teaching them that their parents are evil, that their parents' generation uh, is responsible for global warming and for racism and for poverty and for I I every nasty thing that you can think of. 
Um, and so that's why you see all these brainwashed young people ready to burn the country down, putting on black masks on their face and going out with baseball bats and beating people up and looting and, and burning down streets and, and shooting stuff at the cops. And, you know, they're doing this on purpose um, because they want a revolution. And, and out of the revolution, they hope it will tear down all the old institutions so that they can then rebuild from the ashes. Or as they said for a number of years, they can build back better. Uh, that's what's happening here. That's where the indoctrination meets the road, right? The indoctrination rubber meets the road. And uh, folks, it's, again, hard to overstate the danger that we are facing here. Oh, yes. And we are facing tremendous danger. And if you think your children are immune, think again. I happen to be reading an article and it said a trailer for a new Hollywood movie premiering in 2024 Sundance Film Festival next month asks the question, what is the most dangerous animal on the planet? Guess what the answer is? White people. Oh, wow. And guess who is promoting this movie? White people. I, I, I'm. This is to me is the most bizarro thing that I have ever seen, because uh, yes, a black um, a producer produced the the film, but out there pushing it to go into the schools, to go to our kids, to uh, go to our gener our next generation, to be in our movie theaters, are white people. What is wrong with these people? And the answer, of course, is they don't think. They just do. And that, unfortunately, is what school is all about. Um, Alex, you are incredible and are on so many platforms and have done so many things. And by the way, folks, Liberty Sentinel is Alex's website. Please go there, visit it. Uh, you will find a wealth of information. His videos are incredible. Um, I don't know how on earth you have time, but you have found time to homeschool your children. Maybe you can share that a little bit with some of the parents and grandparents out there who think it's impossible to do. Well, it's not impossible. In fact, it'll be one of the best decisions you ever make in your life. Uh, no question about it. Um, and, you know, uh, people always come up with excuses. If, if you sit around coming up with excuses why you can't do it, then, yeah, you probably can't do it. But um, it will take sacrifice. right? It will take uh, rearranging some things. Uh, more than likely, it'll involve uh, either significantly changing your work schedules or potentially even having one parent stay home uh, and forego an income for a period of time. Um, and I, I know for a lot of people that's like, oh, well, we wouldn't be able to survive. Well, you might not be able to survive at your current spending levels when you factor in all the taxes you're paying, when you factor in your uh, 3,500 square foot home, when you factor in your 2021 BMW. Yeah, you, you, you and your you know ski resort in Colorado and your Disney vacations and all. Yeah, you, you may not be able to sustain your lifestyle at that level. But tell me, are your children more valuable to you than those other things? And if your answer is no, well, you're a bad parent. I'll just I'll just say it simply, right? Uh, and of course, <laughs> there there are the the single moms and stuff who struggle. We get it. Uh, that's one of the reasons we set up a scholarship fund through Public School Exit to help out there. Uh, the HSLDA also has a scholarship fund. A lot of the Christian schools and Jewish schools have scholarship funds for uh, parents who want help with that. But I, I do believe homeschooling is the gold standard for those who can do it. I have I know single moms can do it because we have seen it. Uh, in fact, my wife has helped uh, a single mom who was working two jobs. Uh, it helps a lot if you have you know grandparents that can help out a little bit. So grandparents out there, if you're listening, maybe you can encourage your son or your daughter um, by by saying, hey, I'll do it for one day a week or two days a week or whatever the case may be while you're working. 
but uh, it is doable. And and I think there's a few mistakes that people make, Karen. People think that like, well, you got to do eight hours a day, just like the government schools do. No, you don't. I mean, in two or three hours of good schooling in a day, you can more than cover everything that your children need to know. They'll be way ahead of the, the victims of the government indoctrination centers. Uh, and when you realize that the government indoctrination centers are not actually educating your children, they're they're dumbing down your children, they're handicapping your children, they're weaponizing your children against you. How could you do a worse job? <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's a it's a no brainer for me, Karen. It certainly is. And also, you can go to the Florida Citizens Alliance website and look up the micro school. And that is a way to co-op and work with other parents. Uh, that is a fabulous program as well. So don't feel that you have to do it alone. And I, as a former teacher, I never thought that I would say get your kids out of those indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools because your children are learning nothing. And I really mean nothing except hatred. They learn how to hate. And you can't go through your life just hating everything around you, because guess what that leads to? That leads to the other side of psychological breakdowns. If your world is filled with hate and that's all you have, you're not going anyplace, folks. You've got to be able to enjoy the best and the brightest, and you've got to be able to work to, towards your potential. And as Alex said, those that are homeschooled are far superior than those that are sitting in those government schools for eight hours a day learning nothing except maybe they'll learn about who drag queens are or what sex position they should have or what the favorite drug of choice should be for the day because they're not learning how to read and write. And that is very sad. Alex, you're involved with a program that I'm involved in also, and it's called We the Kids, and that's wethekids.us, where children are learning to be journalists. Why is that important? Well, it's going to be even more important in the years ahead. Right now, we have um, very few real journalists in America. We have very few real journalists in the world, unfortunately. We, we mostly have trained uh, propagandists, bootlickers for the establishment. It's a, it's a terrible thing. And uh, we need to start training up the next generation of real journalists who are going to be doing the important work of finding the truth, breaking it down in terms that are simple and understandable, and then uh, from there, disseminating that to the American people and to the people who need it. We cannot govern ourselves if we don't have access to good and accurate information. So journalism is critical. Unfortunately, a lot of people today wouldn't recognize journalism if it bit them in the face because we have so much fake journalism, NBC, ABC, CNN, uh, CBS, we're, we're looking at you. But um, it, it is just absolutely critical that we get young people involved in this and uh, that we train up the next generation of future journalists. Okay, Alex, I want to thank you so much. Your work is incredible. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you and what you're up to? What are you up to next? So uh, doing a lot of different things. Uh, we have a big event coming up for Public School Exit at Mar-a-Lago um, next month. That'll be March 21st at Mar-a-Lago for anybody who wants to come. It's a fundraiser so that we can fund our scholarship fund precisely to help those you know single moms who are struggling to, to be able to homeschool and hold down a job. Um, we just released a new book. Uh, it's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death. Uh, it was released uh, less than two weeks ago now. Um, it is about what's going on in the government schools. It's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom and How to Stop It. 
Um, if, if people are interested, they can get it at Amazon or they can get it at my website, libertysentinel.org. So I'll be promoting this uh, a lot over the next few weeks. It's been endorsed by uh, Kirk Cameron and General Flynn and Dr. Peter McCullough and Pete Hegseth of uh, Fox and Friends, Dr. James Lindsay, um, you know, a lot of great Americans, uh, Abraham Hamilton with the American Family Association, Sam Sorbo, Josh Phillip of the Epic Times, Dr. Carol Swain, um, actually the Honorable Diane Douglas, former superintendent of public schools for Arizona, wrote the foreword. And uh, so we're we're um, we're really, really excited about this book. We think that it can change the conversation. We think that it must change the conversation. So that's going to take up a lot of my time over the uh, the next few weeks here. Uh, really, really hoping to get that message out. And uh, of course, I'll keep writing for The New American. Folks should check out thenewamerican.com. Great magazine. And um, yeah, that's a, a, a very small sampling of the things I'll be up to for the next few months, Karen. Uh, Alex, I don't know where you find the time, but God bless you for doing it. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Folks, if we're going to do anything, it's the next generation that we have to look at. And it's up to us. There isn't anybody else around. It is up to us. We, the people. That's what America was all about. We, the people. And we, the people, includes our children. It is our children. They are our future. And if we intend them to be the best and the brightest, then it's going to be up to us to make sure that they are. We cannot continue to feed into this garbage. And the best way to get them to take notice is to get them out of public school. Public school is funded by your attendance. So every time you say, I don't want to do this, they're doing the wrong thing, stop giving them money. And by money, I mean stop giving them your children. So grandparents, aunts, uncles, I had a, a parent call, a grandparent call me a couple of months ago and she said, you know, I listened to what you said, Karen, and every Tuesday and Thursday, my grandkids and I get on Zoom. And the exciting thing is that they are interacting with their cousins because they are now living all over America. There's five of us. We get on Zoom. We talk to each other. They now know their relatives. And guess what? They're helping each other learn to read and write. That's a beautiful thing. That's what America is about. Don't feel that you can't do it. You can. And there are plenty of resources to do it with. And Public School Exit is one of the best websites for getting your children out of public school. So you have the tools. It's up to you to see if you're going to use them. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. 
go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CofixRx because it works. Asia believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health, to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. A suppression of truth and a world of darkness, void of any soul, requires that we are rightly informed, properly equipped, and strongly motivated to fight the corruption. AmericaOutloud.news is that place to awaken your heart, soul, and mind to the Outloud truth. Now is our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, goflca.org, and learn how you can help your children get a good education because they are not getting one in school. Uh, As we know, And as I have been reporting over the years, we have been fed so many lies, it's hard to decipher if there is any truth anymore. And I don't like that when that happens, because I like to hear the truth. I like to know what the truth is so I can make a decision. And I have brought two wonderful people who can tell us firsthand knowledge what really went on with COVID, the vaccine, ivermectin, the lies, the truths, anything uh, that has been happening with that. So let's get right to it, folks. And I'm going to introduce Don Downs and Kara Bookman. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to let you guys tell your story because nobody can tell it better than you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It is my pleasure. Um, we, myself and my wife was, uh, diagnosed with COVID back in, in July of 2021, uh, both ended up in the local hospital for three days. I got a little better. So they let me out. Her breathing got worse. So they sent her to, uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is about 50 minutes from here. And, um, they had her on high flow oxygen. Uh, she didn't feel bad enough to go on. 
event, but they wouldn't let her alone until she agreed to uh, let them put her on the vent uh, because they said it would make her give her rest on her lungs, which was a big lie. But um, so we find out about that very day, just an hour or two later. Yeah, when she finally agreed to let it right. be. And this was Ohio Health, um, which is a large uh, organization, hospital organization in Ohio. They own the majority of the hospitals in Ohio. And this was at uh, Doctors West, owned by Ohio Health. Um, we found out, found out about ivermectin mm -hmm. when uh, the day she was innovated. And um, so we, you know, did our own research on it and found that there was an NIH study that showed that it lowered lowered comorbidity in COVID. So of course we asked about it and were met with very hostile um, administration. administration who were pushing back against us very hard. Um, so we had found Ralph Larigo out of New York, who was trying a lot of these ivermectin cases Attorney. to get ivermectin for families. And he agreed to take our case. And um, we went to court very quickly um, and they had come to an agreement that said that if um, they were going to give administer the ivermectin, we had to sign a confidentiality agreement where if we told anyone that she received the ivermectin, um, they could sue us in liquidated damages for $1 million each is what they initially wanted from us. Um, and that was three of us. So that was myself, my dad, and my sister. So they wanted $3 million of us um, in damages if we were to tell anybody that she received the ivermectin. Um, the judge agreed to lower that to $100,000 each. Um and as we were battling in court, um, the judge, which was Judge Mark Serrett out of uh, Franklin County in, here in Ohio, he, um, in, in court, he forced us to, which was a huge uh, day, and it's a very long story, but he had forced us to um, fire our lead attorney, Ralph Larigo, because Ralph understood the how unconscionable and how egregious this um, contract was and Ralph was not willing to sign it and that judge told us that if Ralph didn't sign it basically if she died it was on Ralph's hands and he put the full blame tried to put the full blame on on it on Ralph who was um you know just trying to do his best to help us and so we were forced to fire him or he was going to throw the case out or he was going to throw the case out. And then no. we um, we signed the papers and um, the judge said that um, she would receive as long as we fired Ralph, she would receive the medicine the next day. We could sign the papers. Well, the papers were definitely changed in the night, and we were not told about the changes. Even from our local attorney that did the legwork for Ralph, because Ralph was in New York. Um, they basically added things in there that would allow the doctors to basically free the doctors from having to to give it give her the medicine. Yeah. And then they also added in there that our next of kin would also be responsible for this money. So... You know, this was a lifetime gag order, and they also wanted to put that on our children. 
which oh is so egregious. I mean, I, I don't even really have the right words for how disgusting that is. Um, I can hardly believe what I'm hearing, but please continue. Yeah, it's out of 1.2 million people that, when our, our heart goes out to the 1.2 million people that lost family members in this country, um, but our case is different in this way of what we're telling you what happened in court. Yeah, and we do have all the documents, evidence to show that this this was part of these com contracts and confidentiality because it is. It, it's hard to believe that this is, you know, that a court system and a hospital would go this far to hide such a simple, simple drug mm -hmm. that won a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, but it is what happened to us. And um, once we signed the agreement and we went to the hospital and we awaited for them to give her the medicine, we get there. And her doors were completely open and we no longer had to wear PPE, which was the first red flag that something was up because we had had to wear it daily. And then they began to start telling us that there's something wrong with her cognitively and they start running tests on her um, that were unnecessary unnecessary tests that came back normal that everything came back normal which of course it took um you know a day or two for the results to come in but um the doctors wanted to have a meeting with us and we refused to have the meeting because we said no we just want you to administer the medicine and we want to watch you administer it because we you know we don't trust you obviously. like the judge told said to us but he sold us out also but they um did not listen to our request of not having a meeting and they five doctor doctors ambushed us in the waiting room and said that um they were refusing that to give her the ivermectin because they felt like she had cognitive issues and that it would hurt her more to have the ivermectin and that she no longer had covid so the ivermectin would no longer help her but they also stated that if she had had it earlier, maybe it would have helped her. And this came from their lead infectious disease doctor, Joseph Gastoldo. After we had been asking for weeks and they had Jumping re up and re down. refused continuously. And he, and he would make a statement like that. It's unbelievable. So this was a period of weeks that this has been go had been going on. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. But all this happened in, in just a couple of days, the court hearing. She's supposed to get it the next morning. Well, they did everything humanly yeah. possible to make sure she would not get the ivermectin. So as they're telling us that she's got these other issues and that she's doing worse, someone from Ohio Health sends a message to the judge. And we have a document showing this, too. They sent an email to the judge's staff attorney saying that she was doing significantly better and that she no longer needed the ivermectin because she yes. was doing better, which was a lie. They were telling us she was not doing better. She was still ventilated. She was not awake. She was still sedated. And they're telling us that she's doing worse and has cognitive issues. And she's they're lying to them and saying the opposite. So the judge, what he did because of that, that morning, he put the whole case on hold until we could get counsels together. It never, ever happened. Mm -hmm. Day after day after day went by. 
They never did it. They got what they wanted. They were never going to give her the ivermectin. So I will never rest until I find out who from that hospital let the staff attorney know that she was doing significantly better because that lie cost her her life. There was oh, no I'm chance sad. after that. So, well, this is this is sadly this just affirms everybody's belief that this was all about the money. Uh, yes. They did Absolutely. not care about the people. No. They were no. interested in pushing this uh, vaccine. We have Absolutely. found out that uh, the pharmaceutical companies were losing their patents on other uh, drugs, and they needed a something. And if there was a drug that enabled the patient to get better, then there would be no need for a vaccine. And they had right. all their money in the vaccine. So if they allowed your wife to get ivermectin and it proved that she improved, there goes their vaccine and all their billions of dollars out the window. And Absolutely. This is this is what this case says to me. And I'm not an attorney, but just a lay person listening. This is so sad. Absolutely. I am so sorry for you. Uh, this was yeah. a horrible thing. And this we are learning more and more. I just read an article that the people, the seniors, the most seniors became seniors in 2020 and 21. That was the most, uh, the, the highest population of um, people over 75 and 80. And mm -hmm. they were the ones that were hardest hit by yeah. the vaccine. Now, if we mm -hmm. dig deeper and we look at some of what I also believe, because this is what communists do, this is what globalists do. They tell mm -hmm. us constantly, old people have no use. We're useless eaters. Right. What purpose do we serve? And this was their answer to purge to me, this was their answer to purge the population. And yes. I am sorry that it happened to you. What are you going to, are you doing anything about it? Have you contacted an attorney? Oh, we, go ahead. Since then, we have, um, or we have hired uh, Warner Mendenhall. He's an attorney out of Akron. He's, um, Akron, Ohio. He's done a lot of these vaccine injury cases. He has the lawsuit against Pfizer right now. Um, he's done a lot of the uh, mass mandate lawsuits, uh, but we hired him to uh, help us get released from this confidentiality agreement because we were told by our local attorney that we were still bound to this um, gag order, even though Ohio Health didn't hold up their end of the deal. Um, so um, a judge has uh, recently, it, it's taken it took over two years, but a, a judge has released us from the confidentiality agreement. Um, Ohio Health sued us in they for, uh, for a frivolous lawsuit against them as us just trying to get out of the confidentiality agreement. Um, and they wanted us to pay for their attorney fees, um, stating that our lawsuit to make sure that we were 
out from under a gag order they put on us they called frivolous and we were going to have a a trial in april we were yeah we were set to have a trial and then out of nowhere and we really feel like it's um all of these different shows allowing us to come on and speak and share our story that put pressure on ohio health and they have recently backed down and decided to um not sue us decided not to sue us and they have dropped their lawsuit against us well please come back and let me know and and tell us hopefully some good news and i'm so sorry that this happened but um, these people are evil, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's what we are fighting. So, yeah, God be with right. you, and God bless, and hopefully, this will at least come to some justice. Right. Yeah, and uh, we do have social media that you can follow us on. Please tell. Um, on X, Facebook, Getter, and Truth Social, um, it is at Brenda's Battle. And then we have a give, send, go to help us with the relief of our um, legal fees. And it is give, send, slash Brenda's Battle 21. Well, thank you for joining me. And please come back and hopefully with some better news. Okay. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Well, folks, that was quite a story that we heard about COVID and what is going on with the Downs family and what our government has done to them. And we shouldn't be surprised. They have been lying to us forever. And part of it is our fault. But fear not, because Kamala said she's ready to serve. So when my husband told me that, I asked him, and what is she going to serve? And he said, word salad. What do you think, Karen? And I couldn't agree more because that's all they're capable of doing. Our country is being run by affirmative action graduates as we lower the bar and lower the bar. And it's up to us to make sure that we get in touch with our representatives and tell them what we think. I've been working with a wonderful group called Defend Florida. If you don't have a Defend Your State in your state, you need to get one. And it is so important that we do that um, in order to make sure that our representatives know us. So I've asked Debbie Farris from Defend Florida to come on and tell us what's been going on and how important it is that we get involved, because this is going to be up to us, folks. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for this um, uh, invitation to address your audience. As you mentioned, I am in Florida, but I want to give your audience, which I know is worldwide, a geopolitical sense of why we're doing what we're doing here in Florida and how it matters to them, how it matters to the rest of the country. So let's start with our own governor, Governor DeSantis, who... um, pretty much has gone off to run a presidential campaign that vaporized $200 million and now has come back to Florida and has to fix many, many things that were not addressed during his absence. Then we have um, Nimarada Haley, who um, is still against all odds, against all reason campaigning when she has failed to win anything and is about to be humiliated in her own state. So you wonder why does she continue? What is going on here? And the, the 
the honest answer here is that no establishment wants Trump again in the White House. And so they are going to weaponize and do anything and everything they can to keep that man from being the next president, the next rightful president of this country. You know, I like to remind people that while Trump does not have much to do with us in our county, a president of the United States controls foreign policy, where we go to war, and that, you know, geopolitical issues. And this war, they want to continue it. They want to bankrupt this country as if it's not already. And so that's why, um, and Trump is against wars. And so um, that and many other reasons, they want to keep Trump out of the White House. So let me, now that I've given you the, I've set the stage on a national and geopolitical international level, what's happening? Six states, for the most, are pivotal for the election. These are New York, California, Illinois, which are blue states, arguably. And then you've got Texas, Georgia, and Florida. These are the largest states, have the most electoral votes, and can really swing the election. So what are they doing? You have the whole debacle going on in Florida, in, in Georgia, those lawsuits. You have a lot going on in Texas. I'm not very familiar, but I know they have enough going on there with the border crisis and all of those immigrants flooding in. And then you have Florida. And this is where it gets very interesting. When you drill it down further in Florida, you have five counties that could change the electoral votes of Florida. And those would be Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, Orange, and Hillsborough, where Tampa is. Major cities in those counties are Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, Palm Beach, Orlando, and Tampa. You can flip those counties. You could most likely flip the state of Florida. And with that goes go all of those votes. So that's why it's so important for us to secure the vote in Florida, because against every against the reputation that Florida has, the, the most free you know, state in the country, that is not the case. We have a red Republican governor and a super majority red legislature. So you would think that we would be able to ironclad this state, and it's not the case. We have proposed phenomenal statutes and laws in the last legislative session that would secure vote by mail chain of custody. Because right now it's, you know, if we treated our vote by mail ballots like cash, you would never deposit your cash in the Bank of Florida because it is a mess. The chain of custody is in many large counties, non-existent. I'm gonna give you some examples. The person that picks them up the ballots goes alone. They are able to keep it here in Palm Beach County, counties at most 40 minutes from one side to the other. They're able to keep it overnight, over the weekend, five days sometimes. And there's no reconciliation between ballots picked up and ballots delivered to the county counting section. So that's one area where we have big risk, vote by mail. Citizenship, with the border crisis going on, wouldn't you wanna make sure that citizens only citizens could vote in Florida. Another piece of legislation that's not that's not going anywhere. Let me think of the next one. Um, technology. Do you know that the certification of our voting systems 
adhere to standards, brace yourself, for standards that were crafted in 2005. I don't even think the iPhones existed back then. So that is how lame our certification standards are here. So I am, I'm just giving you sound bites of major problems and we have legislation that would have addressed this and that could have been done in this legislative session. But surprise, all of these pieces of legislation are sidelined or at this point, dead. And yet, this is where it gets even more interesting. Yet, you have a really bad piece of legislation. It's HB 721, where if you or any, any advocate harasses an election worker, they now, if this passes, they could be charged with a third, I think it was a third degree felony. They removed that and now it's a misdemeanor. So what this is, is they are weaponizing the justice system against election work, election advocates. Because I'll tell you something else. There are already statutes that protect elected officials from, you know, harassment and coercion and threats. There's already statutes that protect anyone from being harassed, threatened, coerced, or intimidated. So why would you need this legislation? Furthermore, there was a report of election um, you know, crimes in Florida. It's 300 pages, and there was not one single instance where this was an issue. So why would you have this piece of legislation coming forward and smoothly sailing through Florida's legislature? Because it's happening in all other states. This is not a Floridian thing. This is an agenda that is being enacted in all other states to effectively silence anyone that is going to question the 2024 vote. So I hope that by painting this picture, I've tied it in from full circle, how this affects the 2024 vote, President Trump and his uh, path to the White House. This is terrific, Debbie. Thank you. But what do we do about it? Well, that's, well, that's very important. That is very important. And I'm glad you're asking that question. So what do we do about it? The first thing is right now, we want to kill that bill, that particular bill in committee. And here in Florida, you can call uh, Tommy Gregory. He's on the committee for, I think it's Justice Committee on the House, or Debbie Mayfield on the Senate, or Danny Burgess, and tell them that you are very opposed to this, to this bill. I have facilitated, facilitated that for Floridians because God knows the first time I made a phone call, I didn't even know what to say or who to call. So if your Floridian audience wants to really get involved, they can, on their phone, write this down, text to the number 91776, the word speak. That's again, 91776, and you text the word speak, and you will get a script with the relevant phone numbers. I will ask the audience, do not sign up if you do not intend to call, because this will cost me a couple of, it, it does have a cost. And so I, every time I send out a text, it has a cost. So do not sign up if you're not interested. But if you want to do something, please sign up, make a phone call. And let me explain why a phone call is so impactful. This is rather pathetic, but it's the case. The aides of these legislative um, officials 
And first of all, let me clarify, when you make a phone call, you're not going to talk to the senator or the representative. You're going to talk to a 20-something legislative aide who needs to listen, who will listen to you and needs to log the call. So just be professional and be polite, but be um, be kind because they're young and, and sometimes you can actually educate them. So they're going to pick up the phone and um, they have told me that five calls to their offices starts, you know, gets their attention. And 20, only 20 calls is indicative of a crisis because one phone call is equivalent to a hundred silent majority. That will just think about it, but do nothing. That is amazing. And Folks, again, I will say it over and over again. If we don't get involved, if we don't tell our legislators what we want, they will not listen. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, goflca.org. Pay attention to the micro school. Get your children out of public school. Give them a chance. Teach them to read, write, and do math. And with that, I will see you again next week. Thank you very much.